Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to CFB Unfiltered, the debut episode here, a Believe Podcast Network show and also in partnership with the 365 Sports Channel on YouTube. So excited to be bringing you college football coverage. I'm Blaine Gilmer. I also am a writer for the UGA sports site, the Georgia affiliate on the Rivals Network. And I have my co-host here, Josh Taylor and Donovan White. Josh, Donovan, how's it going tonight, guys? Doing good, man. I'm excited to get this thing started, talk about some college football. Like you said, it is always football season. And you can see I'm here with two homers. I got uh, Josh wearing his Alabama gear, you know, Donovan, Ohio State. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be the 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 voice of reason here and and between these two, you know, try to try to keep it more more neutral right here. You see, I'm just wearing a plain blue shirt. That, that's all there is here on on the on the 365 Sports Channel. So, CFB unfiltered. Josh, like I said, we're with Believe. We are on the 365 Sports. What a platform we have. And Josh, tell everybody what they can expect week in and week out as we bring them a show at least once a week here on the on the channel. Absolutely. Like you said, there's three awesome guys here, each with different perspectives of college football. Donovan being the former player, Blaine Gilmer being the guy who covers your recruiting, and then me covering professional uh, NFL play with Washington football team and just really breaking down college football players' skill sets and talents and more of like that scouting role. On CFB Unfiltered, we're going to keep you up to date on all the breaking news. We're going to talk the playoffs is expansion even worth it? Is it going to work? I'm sure we'll talk about the SEC with Oklahoma and Texas wanting to come play with the big dogs. And then, of course, we're going to talk about the Heisman race. It, it changes every year. Um, someone's always putting their names out there and just making a run at it. And can a defensive player actually win the Heisman this year? That's something we'll talk about also. And then, of course, our big three. We're going to talk about the three underdogs, the three biggest plays this week. Some betting lines brought to you by Bet Online. And we're just excited to bring y'all the best football content possible. Speaking of the best, we're going to try to bring you the best experts each and every week. And Donovan, our first feature guest, you're going to introduce them to him right here. Yep. And for the first premiere episode of College Football Unfiltered, we're bringing you the Georgia and Atlanta Falcon great DJ Shockley. We're really excited. I enjoy this interview. We actually record this one earlier with DJ. Going to play it right here. And then we'll be back with the playoff talk, with the Heisman talk, and with the big three and as promised here on cfb unfiltered it is our feature interview with first guest here on the show and an important one at that former georgia quarterback and former atlanta falcons quarterback also former sec network analyst and now the sports anchor for fox 5 news in atlanta mr dj shockley dj thanks so much for joining Blaine, you got it, man. I appreciate you having me, man. Uh, it's always good. You know, you see it at the bottom there. It's always football season. And now that moniker is actually becoming true with, you know, camps are in session, things like that. And you haven't been an analyst at the SEC Network last year. Got to see a lot of these teams, even in COVID, up close. I wanted to ask you on that, DJ. Some people are saying, look, look at the 2020 season and just throw every bit of it in the trash because it was so different with COVID, but do you think there's going to be any carryover of momentum, experience, that kind of stuff to this season from the 2020? I think when you think about momentum experience, I think it has to come with probably the players who are in year one, guys who were freshmen, they got a chance to play in an all-SEC schedule, or even guys who got to play in just an all-conference schedule as it was last year. Those, I think, bay well for a lot of the guys heading into year two. But then you also think about 
not many people had fans in the stands. So that's going to be totally different for the younger kids who come in and having to kind of get that environment going. So I think there's a couple things that you can take away from it. Um, obviously, last year playing all conference games, it gives you an idea of where your program is within your conference playing those teams every single week and how much of a grind it is. And now you get a chance to go outside of the conference a little bit and play some of these non-conference games. I mean, obviously, there were some big ones to start the year, but it, it definitely uh, helps with uh, when you think about some of these players who didn't have that opportunity last year. Now they get a chance to kind of fulfill some of those rivalries that they didn't get a chance to see in those first uh, first year on campus. Even Nick Saban was saying with his team last year, having won a national championship, there were seniors that would go out or guys that were going to the league that said they just were so saddened that they didn't get to have fans that last, you know, their last run there at Alabama. So I, I can definitely get the sentiment there with mm -hmm. the fans. From the quarterback position, that's going to be important. And that's something you know very well, being a quarterback of the Georgia Bulldogs, Atlanta Falcons. DJ, what quarterbacks do you kind of have – your eye on as this 2021 season there's a lot of talented guys out there but are there any that just stand out to you maybe from what you saw last year or what you've heard in this offseason that you're really expecting to to be the guys this season wow i mean there's a there's a lot of guys you can think about around the country that can kind of fill that moniker fill that void and obviously uh being a guy that covered the sec a lot was around it a lot jt daniels is the one that comes to mind for you uh emory jones down in florida taking over uh, for Kyle Trash last year. I mean, I think there are a plethora of guys in this league, even some young guys like a Connor Basilek out at Missouri uh, taking over. Um, there are a bunch of guys, Bo Nix, who happened to make a, a huge jump this season uh, from year two to year three. I mean, there are a bunch of guys around the country that you expect to be uh, in that talk. Uh, obviously, one who can go really high in the draft is a guy like Sam Howell out of North Carolina, who a lot of people expect the big things out of. He's played really well in his first two seasons has really put North Carolina uh, on that map. And uh, a lot of people think he is just as talented as the guys that came out this year. So you look around the country, man, there's a lot of great QB play around the league. There are a lot of guys that you can look to that say, hey, uh, we'll see if they can be there at the end of the year. But at the end of the day, I think we got to wait and see to these guys play the game because at the end of the day, uh, that's really what matters to me is let's get these guys on the field. Let's see how they've grown from one year to another and see if they can put together some repeat performances. Absolutely. A couple guys I wanted to touch on that you mentioned right there. One is JT Daniels, as you said, Georgia Bulldogs ranked once again, no matter what poll you look at, up inside the, the top five going into the season. And a lot of people are saying there's two camps, basically. There's one saying JT Daniels is overhyped, kind of you can't really go by that sample size of that what he saw in those last four games because of maybe the competition they played against. And then there's other people that are saying – Finally, Georgia has the guy in place that is able to stretch the field, make all the make all the throws, and is cognitively just uh, out of the, off the charts. So, what which camp do you kind of fall into? Is uh, the JT Daniels hype real? I think it is, man. I've had a chance to call a couple of his games. Got a chance to call the first game he actually started last year was Mississippi State, and a lot of people were asking, "Is this guy ready? Is he physically ready to play in the SEC?" And that's kind of the one. That, the first thing that I asked him going into the season last year was, what's the difference between the Pac-12 and obviously the SEC? And he said, the dudes are just different. And he said, guys are faster. I'm looking over, looking at these defensive linemen that are 6'5 and 260, and they can run just as fast as me or even faster. And that's something that was different. Uh, I think when he first got his first start for his Mississippi State, one of the biggest things is just pocket movement, the presence, the feel of it inside the pocket. And that's where he has grown tremendously. And then you spoke on what he makes this offense look like. And when I say look like, I mean different from what it's been in the past four or five years, which is an offense that stretches the field vertically. That's what Georgia is missing. They always had the running backs. They always had some really good skill guys, but you never weren't really as scared of Georgia throwing a football downfield because they were always this power team that wants to, you know, come downhill with the four or five backs they got. Well, now they still got the four or five backs, but they also have some receivers on the outside. Not having George Pickens is a big deal, but they got other guys outside that are just as talented to, to fill that void. But I think this year having a year two under Todd Munkin, a uh, chance to actually have a spring practice, to have an off-season workout where he can get with his guys, and now he's taking all the one reps. And that's what people fail to forget is during that time, he was with the scout team. He's with the second team. He's with the third team. And then he finally got in with the ones. Well, now he's had a full off-season where he works with 
his guys. And that's going to be tremendous heading into year two under that Todd Munkin system. Another quarterback you mentioned was Sam Howell. A lot of people are maybe putting North Carolina in the category of the challenger to Clemson when it comes to the ACC. The guys that they were one play away last year on the two, you know, two failed two-point conversion from taking them down with Sam Howell. Some people even compare him to maybe a more athletic uh, Baker Makefield type of quarterback. What's your assessment of why Sam Howell's so, so good for this North Carolina program? And are they the team that with him at the helm that could be the biggest challenge to Clemson there in the ACC? Uh, I think first off, it starts with his head coach. And I think uh, Mag has done an outstanding job in North Carolina, bringing him back to relevance. And now he has a quarterback that he believes in. And we know when he has guys like a Colt McCoy, a Vince Young, guys around who he knows is just as talented, they usually go a long way. And he's got the Jordan brand behind him. He's got uh, great facilities in North Carolina. So it's hard for, I mean, it's, it's not as hard for him to get those type of recruits that they need. And Sam Howell has been a big part of it simply because he allows him to be him. Uh, he's versatile enough where he can move, he can run, he can throw outside the pocket. Uh, he'll take some shots, he'll take some chances, but he's also smart with the football. And he's been really good the last couple of years. I think he's got 60-some-odd touchdowns in just two years of playing in the league. And when you have a guy who can sling it, who can throw it, that makes it a problem for any defense. I don't care who you're playing against, or this Clemson, Virginia Tech. I mean, it doesn't matter. When you got a quarterback that is willing to make the right decisions and he's going to get it to his guys and not turn the football over, you got a chance to win ball games. And Sal Howell fits that that mode and that and that product of what you want. And I think he'll continue to get better. This is his third year. He's seen majority of these defenses now. He's seen how people are going to play them. Uh, I know they lost some guys on the offensive side of the ball, but they still have the signal caller and he'll find ways. I heard him talking the other day saying, "Hey." I've been working all off season with these guys. I know exactly what to expect from them. And now they're in camp. They're going to fine tune those skills and he'll continue to get better. And I think he'll continue to push the envelope of teams that uh, will give Clemson hopefully some troubles in the ACC. And then DJ, one last guy from the quarterback ass point in terms of college football that I think is really capturing a lot of people's attention that, and the team as well has some opportunities early on in the year is the, the guy playing for Mr. Hugh Freeze over there, Malik Willis. Uh, Malik is – some people even talk about Malik being the number one pick overall at the end of this year based on what he could do with Hugh Freeze. So, have you been able to watch much of uh, Malik and, and Liberty and, and kind of what's the dynamic there of him being kind of looked at as the next upcoming guy that could really even be a Heisman contender? Uh, no doubt. I mean, he's the type of player that's exciting to watch. And you watch the guy move. He's a big physical guy who can get in space, can put a lot of pressure on the defense with his legs, but also can rip it like any other quarterback around the country. And I think you watch what Liberty's done. And of course, you freeze and, you know, what he brings to the table is going to bring some notoriety to that team. And they played really well last year. I think him coming into this season, I think a lot of people's eyes are open to him. And I think we've gone past the days of, just because he's at a smaller school like Liberty that he can't play at the higher level. Well, this kid absolutely can. And we've seen it over the years. Guys come from smaller programs like a Carson Wentz, uh, you know, like a Trey Lance and be successful in the National Football League or even just be high pick. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Malik can do, man. It's going to be fun to watch him get it going and see if he can continue to push Liberty up that map a little bit more. Absolutely. Malik Willis, a guy from Roswell, Georgia, in fact, and also played at Auburn before transferring to Liberty. And DJ, before we get you out of here, we'd be remiss if we didn't, you know, take advantage of that SEC kind of expertise that you have and get some get some stuff on paper, on record here, DJ, on, on film of these predictions. So uh, who, do you, who do you like in the SEC East this year? We'll start there. SEC East, who do you think is going to be the team to make it to Atlanta? Well, I think the East is is starting to gain some some traction. Obviously, there's some some new turnover in the league. You got South Carolina with Shane Beamer coming in. It's going to think it'll take them a couple of years to get going. We know Tennessee uh, is going to have some issues over the next couple of years. They had a bunch of guys come in and out uh, of that program with everything's going on. But I think they're definitely going to be going in the right direction here in a couple of years. And I think ultimately it usually comes down to Georgia and Florida and the SEC East. Um, I think Florida is going to be a lot better than people expect. Um, uh, obviously, Emory Jones has taken over. He's played over the years, and he reminds me of myself, a guy who's played sparingly through the years. Now he's going to get his opportunity, and will he take advantage of it? I think he will. Florida will be very tough 
They always have athletes. They always have the guys uh, to, to push the envelope. And, and we know what kind of play caller they have in uh, the Gators. But I still think it's Georgia's to lose uh, with all the talent they have coming back with the experience at quarterback. Uh, we know Kirby's going to have that defense firing on all cylinders, always been a top 10 defense since he's been there. But now you got a quarterback that can change the landscape of what that offense looks like, and they're going to look like a totally different ball team, especially on the offense side of the ball, and have the value of being able to run it downhill, but also to be able to stretch it vertically. So I like Georgia in the East. Can anyone, and we'll just start right here, basically on the premise of <laughs> Alabama's always the favorite. Can anyone challenge Alabama? Is it an LSU on a re rebound year with uh, Ed Orgeron? Does does Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M, who seem to be on an upward trajectory, do, are they able to get over the hump when it comes to Alabama and win the West? Yeah, I think that's the interesting story is can anybody finally beat Alabama? And until anybody does, I'm going to continue to take Alabama. I mean, uh, I think the numbers are, are pretty crazy. Is You know, he's got a, 11 straight years of top 10 finishes. I mean, it's unreal for Alabama and Nick Saban. Um, they continue to, to turn over whether it's players, the coaches. The one stalemate is always Nick Saban. He's the guy that continues to keep it going this year. You got a new quarterback in Bryce Young. Um, you know, you lose a Heisman Trophy receiver, but then they say John Metchie's coming there. Might be the best of them all. Slade Bowden, their receiver as well. We saw some of him last year in the slot. Uh, so they're going to be just as good defensively. Had a lot of young guys over the last couple of years. Now they're becoming juniors. Now who knows how good they can be. Uh, Texas A&M is a team I think you absolutely got to watch out for because Jimbo Fisher has slowly but surely starting to be really good in the recruiting field. I think they were – I know they were top ten this year um, as far as recruiting, but what they have in there now is going to be really, really fun to watch. I mean, Spiller from the running back position is pretty good. Uh, they got a bunch of guys on the outside defensively. I know they bring back a bunch of guys on that side of the ball, and it's nothing like playing for a guy like Jimbo Fisher. He's been knocking on that door for I don't know how long, and the one school they really haven't played as good as I know he wants to is Alabama. So I know he's got that one circled on his schedule to be one uh, that, that he looked forward to. But Bama's still that team. Uh, Ole Miss still scares people. Matt Corral, uh, Matt the numbers Corral. he put up last year, uh, is one of those quarterbacks who you can talk about who's in there with some of the top quarterbacks around the league. And Lane Kiffin, we know, can – draw up plays like no other by no other guy in the country. So uh, keep an eye on Ole Miss because just like last year, they were in that ball game with Alabama for a long time, made Saban really uncomfortable throughout that game. Uh, but ultimately, Bama came through with it. But uh, another year with Matt Corral and him and that confidence is going to be tricky. But until anybody beats Alabama, why would you pick anybody else? But uh, I'm down with, with, with Bama for sure in the West. Absolutely. And, you know, when you talk about Texas A&M, you've seen a lot of athletes, you know, in your career playing in the NFL, a lot of, a lot of dynamic guys. Have you seen anybody uh, lately quite as dynamic as Anaya Smith at Texas A&M? I mean, he was their leading receiver, second, yeah. third leading rusher. That guy can do it all. Yeah. And the, the thing is, I think they may have moved him back to receiver, but I think he can play receiver. He can play running back. He has the speed to, to take it to the house. I mean, this is a guy that's fun to watch. I mean, talk about having Spiller, but then you bring up the change-up guy, Aeneas, uh, and he is he is one of the most dynamic guys. Then you go to tight end position. They got a dude named Jalen Weidemeyer. I remember yeah. watching this kid when he first got there as a true freshman, and he walked in. He was like 6'5", and he was like 260, but he could run. And as we know, we saw a dude similar to that in the league this past year yeah. by the name of Cal Pitts and went number four overall. So – those days of tight ends becoming a major weapon and being used like a number one receiver are here. So keep that name in mind. Jalen Watermeyer is a guy that will make a lot of noise this year. And I guarantee you, Jimbo Fisher is going to make sure that people know who Jalen Watermeyer is. And uh, for a young quarterback like Hayes King, that'll be a good security blanket to have. Oh, no doubt. Like that. No DJ, doubt. DJ, kind of tell everybody what's uh, what's going on with you right now, uh, the latest with uh, the sports anchor job at Fox 5 and where they can kind of see everything that, that you're doing right now uh, for Fox 5 as, as this football season gets cranked up. Yeah, man, I'm excited about this new role, man. Pretty cool opportunity to be able to be a sports anchor here in Atlanta. I've actually played all my ball here, went to Georgia, drafted by the Falcons. Now I get a chance to cover all these teams that I grew up watching all the years, and uh, I'm excited to be a part of that. And then I still have uh, my foot on the, the college football landscape a little bit here, uh, but uh, I definitely love the position I'm in. It's just a really cool opportunity to be able to cover everything now 
and I still have a little uh, take on uh, Georgia, SEC, and then also I'll cover the Falcons. So looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to being a part of a really cool uh, place in Fox 5 and uh, growing there. Well, football season is here, DJ, and you're going to have plenty to do. And uh, thank you once again for being the first ever guest here on CFB Unfiltered, and uh, we just appreciate you a lot. I appreciate the opportunity, man. I, uh, it's a pleasure to, to, to get it going. I know we've been going back and forth trying to work it out, and I'm glad we got it worked out. And uh, I appreciate you having me on, bro. Absolutely. DJ Shockley here on CFB Unfiltered. Yeah, awesome right. insights from DJ Shockley right there. I mean, just great perspective from a, from a player and now an analyst standpoint. And speaking of some of those players that he talked about, guys like Sam Howell and Malik Willis, Let's get right into some Heisman talk. Let's do it. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Yeah, so I'll lead it off right with Malik Willis, like he mentioned. What do you guys think it's going to take for a quarterback? I mean, obviously he's a dynamic player. What do you guys think it's going to take for a player at that small river school to kind of make his way to the Heisman finalist stage, you know, when it's all said and done? Oh, me. Pick me. Pick me. I want to go. I want to go. Okay, so Malik Willis, he gets a huge opportunity early on against Ole Miss. So you've got not there's a lot of storylines in that game. You got Hugh Freeze coming back to Ole Miss. So we'll see uh, see how that that plays out. But Malik Willis could be in a position where if Liberty, who plays in, in a in smaller conference, is able to, I think, have a legitimate chance of beating Ole Miss early in the yeah. season if they do it where Lord knows how many points will be scored in that game. I mean, Hugh Freeze certainly isn't taking his foot off the gas, and I don't think that Lane Kiffin is either. So uh, a huge victory where he puts up, you know, a combined total of like 450, 500 yards of some sort, several touchdowns. Josh, I mean, what do you think about Malik Willis as a player? What I love the most about Malik Willis is how he's Auburn's could have been, should have been quarterback. And now they're stuck with Bo Nix. And then kind of talked about that with DJ. What I really like about Malik Willis and what they really compare him to from a scouting standpoint is his game plays a lot like, I hate to say it, but Jalen Hurts, you know, not afraid to take those hits. He can run the ball, make plays outside the pocket and make those big plays. And as a Heisman contender, you need to be able to do that. You need to be able to win games, you know, for your team. You got schools like Coastal Carolina who are knocking on the door that you're playing every single year. And like I said, with Ole Miss, it's a great opportunity to really come in and say, hey, SEC, we're not afraid of you. Liberty and Coastal together, like, we can beat some of y'all bigger schools. That's kind of what leads to this playoff expansion. But with Malik, he has that firecracker, and he has such a great offensive mind with Hugh Freeze, like you said. He's lined up. He has an opportunity getting all this draft hype before the season starts. Like you said, potential number one pick. I know over here in Washington, we would love to have Malik Willis uh, as our quarterback for a long time to come. But one one name I want to throw out there for the Heisman race is Spencer Rattler, because to me, he's the one guy that's really coming back when a lot of schools are replacing their quarterbacks. Alabama, we got Bryce Young. He's in there. You know, Clemson, the DJ coming out. JT Daniels, we haven't seen a lot of them, but he's finally getting that those reps. Spencer Rattler, to me, this is his race to lose. You have the big name. You have your own shoe. You have these NIL deals. Like, you're getting blown up before the season. You're the betting favorite right now. To me, it's his to lose. You're playing in the Big 12 defenses. Uh, we'll see. He plays in good schools. We'll talk about them. But do you think there's anyone really close to Spencer Rattler that can really take over that spot as that number one guy as the season really progresses? Well, one guy that DJ mentioned in his interview that Donovan, I want to get your perspective as a former, uh, you know, offensive lineman, having a guy that is so confident uh, playing behind you as Sam Howell is for North Carolina. Sam Howell reminds me of maybe a little bit, uh, a little bit bigger, a little bit more athletic Baker Mayfield. And that's saying a lot because Baker Mayfield is a, is a great athlete in my mind. I mean, I know he's yeah. not the fastest in the world, but the dude can make plays. Everybody saw what he did by taking the Browns to the AFC Championship. So, Donovan, just talk about that when you've got a guy like DJ mentioned in that interview, Sam Howell, experienced, has been there, has all the, has all the ability. What does that do for you as an offensive lineman? 
Yeah, I mean, the experience in itself is huge because as, you know, as a team, but as the O-line, you know he's going to get the job done and you know his ability to do it. But when he emanates that confidence, right, it reflects on the O-line and in their play and it reflects in the running backs and receivers, the tight end, all of it, play calling. And so when you have that kind of mirror effect, you're going to get an improvement from everybody across the table on the offense, which is why I think he is such a big name for the Heisman coming up. And he, I think he is a legit I don't know if I'd call him front runner, but a legit contender and a legit, you know, high betting favorite for the Heisman. Well, here's the thing with North Carolina, they have, and, and this will kind of segue into our playoff segment, but North Carolina legitimately, in my opinion, has two teams that they have to take care of in order to put themselves. I mean, they're already a top 10 team coming into the season, depending on what polls you're, you're looking at. If Sam Howell and company are able to take care of Clemson and they're able to take care of Miami that you know that it's theirs for the taking in terms of the the ACC, and I think Mac Brown has been inching this program ever so much closer to Clemson, uh, and you know we'll see see how that all happens. But another guy I wanted to mention real quick before we go to the playoffs is, uh, of course, I think JT Daniels is a guy for Georgia that has to be mentioned just because it all depends on early on in the year. Okay. Is this Georgia def- Is this Georgia offense what everybody's expecting it to be? They're finally expecting it to be, okay, they saw those last four games of the year, pushing it down the field, as DJ said in his interview, and JT Daniels just seems to have that pure, beautiful, weird Cali swag that no one <laughs> in, the, in Athens understands. I mean, Josh, this guy's walking around with outfits on and rings on every uh, – every finger of his hand that everybody's like, okay, as long as you're playing quarterback, good man, we, we don't care. You know, it is, it is the way it is, but he's like Blake Barnett. (laughs) Yeah. He's definitely a different cat for sure. Um, so hey, we got a viewer out here. He's, he's laughing about, about Georgia, but this guy's a, a a USC guy. So maybe some sour grapes here with, uh, JT not being there. He's got Caden Slovis out there. So we'll, We'll see how USC does, but you guys ready to uh, ready to talk about playoffs? Yeah, I want I want to say one thing real quick before we do. I wrote down like we know how hard it is for a defensive guy to win the Heisman, but I think about two years ago when my guy Chase Young kind of opened that door a little bit for maybe a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau at Oregon, who I'm sure we're gonna talk about a lot. You know, didn't play last season. Seeing him come back, maybe there's a chance. You know, Tyron Matthew kind of was knocking hard when he played at LSU for a defensive guy to win it, and maybe Chase Young really gave a slight opportunity to finally see a defensive guy win it. And to me, it's going to be a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau. So keep your eyes open for Oregon. We'll talk about them. Are they contenders because of him, or are they pretenders? Well, let's just be honest. He may have a monster year because the pack, the quality of football in the Pac-12 Terrible. is awful. So yeah. uh, Kayvon Thibodeau may just absolutely run roughshod over everybody out there, and that's mm-hmm. that's kind of how it 40 how sacks. It, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that you know, if he – if he goes out there and just looks like the next coming of uh, Lawrence Taylor and Chase Young all mixed together in one, then you know he may be he may find himself in New York. But uh, with that, is it time to talk playoffs now, guys? Absolutely. Roll. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? All right, so playoff time. I, and I do want to talk about the playoffs, but I also want us to be known for being interactive with our audience. One guy asked about, y'all talked about Matt Corral. Matt Corral, of course, is going to be a absolutely tremendous quarterback for Ole Miss, but we were talking about the Heisman picture, my man. You got to absolutely be you gotta be consistent for that. And win all these games. And Ole Miss, let's face it, plays in the hardest division in football. Yeah. I mean, they have to play LSU, A&M, and Alabama year in and year out. Uh, nobody's going to be scared of it, especially over there with Lane Kiffin, but Matt Corral's is not going to have the overall uh, yeah. the overall winning culture that goes with the Heisman. But let's get back to the playoffs here like we were just talking about. So, you know, when it comes down to it, Donovan – you, Donovan's our researcher extraordinaire, guys, by the way. He puts together show notes for us, so everybody, round of applause for Donovan here to not line this thing up. Uh, Donovan, the top three contenders you talked about, go ahead and tell everybody kind of the, the blue buds, the guys that, that you're expecting to be there again, and then and who could maybe be knocking on the door. Yeah, I mean, we have our typical candidates, right? We've got Alabama, we've got Clemson, we've got Ohio State, kind of the big three of the playoffs and of the college ball picture year in and year out. Um, those three, I think, obviously, 
you know, looking at history and looking at the rosters have the best odds to get back in. Of course, um, I look at a team like Oklahoma, you know, I ask, are they a lock, right? Or does Iowa state have anything to say about that? Right. Mm-hmm. UNC, right. They've got to go through Clemson at, you know, one point or another, if they're going to get in the playoffs, you're going to have to go through Clemson and Miami. And if Derek, Miami, if Derek and King's healthy, if Derek King, if there's anything healthy, left after Alabama, I was yeah. about to say after week one, it might not be looking too good for the rest of the season. For <laughs> hey, the year. Didn't, didn't Derek King guarantee victory against Alabama already? A lot of people have. USC was barking before the game too, and that didn't go too well. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, Domin. So you're you're saying that you're saying that maybe uh, Oklahoma, Georgia, Iowa State, uh, North Carolina. You know, those are the kind of teams on the fringe. I'm going to go play devil's advocate here and say, I don't know. And Josh, you're going to hate this. I don't know if Alabama makes it back this year. And the only only reason I say that is because that SEC West is an absolute gauntlet. And Alabama is 100% the best team, in my opinion, on paper when you look at it. But have we really seen Bryce Young, you know, in, in big sample size? Do we know that a five foot nine quarterback is going to be able to last the entire season? Because if you look at that picture of him online between him and DJ DJ, uh, DJ Ulalele, I think I pronounced that right. I may not have. Uh, if you look at DJU and his family standing against Bryce Young, the dude, it, I mean, he's he's barely five ten, if that. So we'll we'll see. Look. They said the same thing about Tua. I don't, I don't want to bring up, you know, second and 26 with you here. But hey. I'm just saying it turned out pretty well until, you know, he, he messed up his ankle against Mississippi State. But I mean, it was number one quarterback. Like, was that an ankle or did out. they just basically rip his whole hip out of socket yeah. because he's so small? We'll see. Well, both. <laughs> well, the Bryce Young, like, I think I saw enough of him last year to be like, all right, this is the kind of guy we're getting. I'm confident in him. You know, I kind of say that every season, like, oh, I don't know how Mac Jones is going to look. And then he exceeds expectations. I feel good about Bryce Young. I think we're going to make it. Yeah, we do play, you know, one of the hardest schedules, especially in SEC. Like you said, if we got Ole Miss and then Texas A&M right after that, like it doesn't stop. Like there's a break every now and then. We don't have Clemson schedule. Like we don't just play, you know, Georgia and then play FCS teams the rest of the season. It's going to no, be it's, tough to it's get there. the hardest division in football. Oh, absolutely Hard not. <laughs> but I like, I like what Donovan brought up with Iowa State. I love Matt Campbell, by the way. If, if there's a coach out there that I'd want to play for, Matt Campbell's one of them. You really have to take a look at Iowa State. I think they're real contenders. You know, obviously Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, Xavier Hutchinson, Charlie Kolar. But that defense is better than a lot of people are talking about. You know, Will McDonald and then Mike Rose, one of the top linebackers in the Big 12. I think Iowa State not only could, you know, make a name for themselves. I think they have a legit shot at winning the Big 12. Do you disagree? Donovan, what's your take on that? You were the first one to bring up Iowa State there. Yeah, I mean, they're returning all 11 starters on offense. I mean, rarely do you get that and with an experienced tandem, right, in their quarterback and running back, both of which are legitimate Heisman you know, candidates. I think Brees Hall is a little bit more than Brock Purdy. But you have a team, and with Matt Campbell, it seems like everything, kind of like what you mentioned with Mac Brown, you know, with UNC, except it feels like Iowa State is – you know, a step ahead of just a little bit of UNC. It feels like everything is right to go, you know, for this coming season. Um, and so I think Iowa State is a legit contender. You're talking about a team in Iowa State that was 25, ranked 25th in the country in scoring defense last year, 35th in offense. So balanced, but it could be argued that there's lots of room to get better, lots of room for them to go. And they got all those people coming back. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, but I, I wanted to circle back right before we get uh, transitioned into our big three here, North Carolina. One thing you talked about returning mm-hmm. starters, they return all five starters in front of Sam Howell on that offensive line, and they are humongous. I mean, it's yeah. averaging six foot five, 325, 330 pounds on that offensive line. Just absolute monsters that Mac Brown has uh, built to put in front of North Carolina. Sam Howe and then you know when you talk about uh on the defensive side of the ball they had the 12th ranked recruiting class I told you I'm gonna bring the recruiting in they had the <laughs> rivals 12th ranked oh, recruiting yeah. class in 2020 16th ranked in uh 2021 but in that 16th ranked class the only reason it was that low is because they only took 19 prospects you know because they they didn't need they got the, 10 starters on defense back too yeah 10 yep. starters Chas on the only one that really they lost so yeah, yeah. but bring in 
true freshmen who have a chance to contribute like a Keyshawn Silver, like a Javon Ritzy. You know, I mean, they've, they've got some guys who are going to be absolute animals and they're going to be able to do similar to why Georgia's defense has been so successful last year. They can bring in waves of defenders and play 27, 28 guys in a game. Mm-hmm. North Carolina is going to be able to do that. So watch out for them in that. So, But oh. I will say there's always a but. You got Daz Newsom gone. Yeah. My guy, Deami Brown. Gone. Michael Carter, gone. Javante yep. Williams, all four huge playmakers. So a guy uh, like Bo uh, Krause is going to have to step up. You've got Ty Chandler, the transfer from Tennessee, a great running back. I was about he might have sa- yeah. saved the day for Sam Howell. Like they had yeah. nothing really coming back at running back. And then Ty Chandler just says, sorry, Tennessee, I've got an opportunity to go play in ACC where it's a little bit easier. Um, so I-, I agree with you. There's a lot of good things going for Sam Howell. But he's got to throw to somebody. Someone's going to have to step up. All those weapons that, you know, had all these flashes last year, they're gone. So, Ty Chandler, you better start getting some chemistry right away. Before we hit our big three, I want to go ahead on on the spot here on our first ever show so we can refer no. back to it. And I'm going to say, let's say our four. Who, who do you think is going to make it, Donovan? You, you do the honors. You're going first. Yeah. In no particular order for the seeding, I'm going to go Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, I think I have a bold prediction coming later. I got to sit on it with those one, one of those big three. And then the fourth, I want to say Iowa State so bad, but I'm going to go Oklahoma for now. Okay. Mm. okay. You know what? I, I agree. Obviously, the top four favorites are Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma. But I will stand by it, Matt Campbell. I will buy an Iowa, you know, Iowa State jersey at the end of the season if they make it. I think they have everything, all that experience – to lead, you know, COVID last year was crazy. They didn't really have that off season that they needed. They got a full off season going. Camp's going great. I've been watching it as like a little spy. Uh, that those are my dark horse guys. I'm riding with them. I think they knock Oklahoma off. Spencer Rattler, sorry man, you know, you got to stick to the NIL deals. But uh, I think Iowa State makes some noise. I like. Uh, I, I feed off the chaos of the playoff system. I really like that. So I'm gonna. So root. You're gonna go Cincinnati. I'm gonna North root Carolina. <laughs> I'm going to root for some chaos here and, uh, you know, just really based on what I think is going to happen with that closing the gap in the ACC, I'm going to say North Carolina is the surprise Mm. team that makes it into the playoffs. And then I'm going to totally upset the apple cart and say that the Big 12 gets left out once again. That's why Oklahoma and Texas want to come to the SEC to begin with, to get some brand relevancy back and with those tradition traditional powerful programs. So I'm going to say North Carolina makes it. I'm going to say Alabama and Georgia make it because I think that's going to be just absolute dogfight in the SEC championship. And whoever loses it, I think will only have one loss. And then I'm going to say Ohio State. Ohio State probably being – the number one ranked team uh, going into the playoffs just because I don't think they're going to have anybody in the Big Ten that even even comes close. So, are we speaking of the Big Ten? How about another number, the Big Three? Are we ready for that? Let's do it. Let's do it. Big Three. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little tribute to Dale right there. That's a Moment of silence right there for Dale. We got to hold him up. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You got to when you're doing anything with the number three. I don't know. May not be the same for you up there, up hey, north, hey, whoa, great, great white north, I'm and then Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, we'll we'll see how it is. But uh, yeah, Tia one says turn left. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, guys, we do appreciate those comments. Put them in. We enjoy uh, talking with you guys. But Donovan. Tell them what the big three is all about. Yeah, big three, you know, it's a couple different, uh, you know, categories and aspects with three different pieces to it. You know, we got the, the, you know, the top three games of week one. We've got the top three underdogs of week one that we think are the best chance to upset or at least cover the spread. You know, we got the top three overs of the week of week one and the top three predicted player performances of week one um, and so on and so forth as the weeks go on. Um, So we'll jump right in. If you want to jump right into the top three games week one, I'll lead it off, obviously. Georgia versus Clemson. I mean, about as marquee matchup as you can get mm. at any point in the season, but to lead it off right in 2021 with fans back, I think it's insane that we're going to get that high level of a matchup right away. That's a playoff yeah. game. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, it's a huge, huge thing. Hopefully the, the, you know, knock on wood, COVID doesn't 
knock out the 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 fan participation for that game in Charlotte. We'll see see how that happens with this Delta variant. But in terms of that game, uh, anybody you can go over to ugasports.com and check out some of the stuff that we've got over there. Actually, on our YouTube channel today, we had a exclusive interview with Dabo Sweeney. The Clemson coach comes on to UGA Sports and talks That's with bold. former former Georgia head coach Jim Donnan, who who works with us over there and. You know Clemson's confident when a head coach, we, he was asked by our staff, what's your biggest concern going in this game? And they, he said backup quarterback. When backup quarterback is your biggest concern when you're going in to play Georgia, you know you've got a good football team. So uh, Clemson, you know, he, he's not too worried about it, even though, I, you know, with my prediction, I think he should be against uh, with North Carolina later in the year. But, um, yeah, that's a huge one. And then, uh, you know, the next one on the docket there is – Iowa versus Indiana. That's a that's a really good matchup. I actually really like Indiana. Um, of course, you know, Penix Jr. We'll see how he comes back from injury. But one of my underdog players, the under-the-radar guys, Ty Freifogel is one of the most electric wide receivers. I love his game. Like, if you, Sorry, Donovan, but if you go watch what he did against Ohio State, Tore him the up. dude's a highlight reel. He's waiting to happen. You, you know, you see these guys like a Dax Milne who really breaks out in one of his last seasons in college. I think, you know, obviously it depends a lot on Penix Jr. coming back with his injury. But Fry Fogel, one of the coolest names in college football, but also one of those guys who can really have a huge breakout year and be like a second, maybe third-round wide receiver in the NFL draft. So I'm excited about that one. Iowa's not usually too exciting. They're usually talked about, you know, more of the offensive line, which is their strength this season, one of the best offensive line units in college football. More of that, you know, grinding kind of game. But can Indiana really – add that offense to push over Iowa. And I think so. They're one of my underdogs maybe coming up uh, for that big three also. And then that third game, Josh, has you written all over it, Alabama, Miami. I don't know. Mm. I, don't, I don't know. This one's borderline. What's the spread, 30? I'm question this one. Does this one even belong <laughs> in the top three? Because I think Miami is if, – if anybody took that bet out in Vegas of the 16-point, I think that's easy money. Because uh, Alabama was going to cover 16 points. I mean, Donovan, what are your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I mean, you know, when I when I kind of thought about it as one of the top three games, it's more top three to see, you know, how how does Bryce Young fit? You know, does he go oh, for yeah. 300 or 400 yards passing against Miami, right? Is it a good game outside of the first quarter or is it done halfway through, right? You know, but it is two big name programs, you know, in a, in a big time kind of night game, I assume, setting. So, you know. Got to throw it in there. Yeah. East Coast, a little dark. Yeah. <laughs> and before we before we get to our underdogs, I want to read off some of these comments here. Richard Mockmore, you guys got a like from a Big Ten fan and an Iowa Hawkeyes fan. SEC is a great conference. Thank you, Richard. Appreciate it. Make sure if you don't already subscribe to the 365 Sports channel. And before I forget, guys, I want to throw out a shout-out to – uh, another show on the 365 Sports channel. That'd be the hard count with JD Piquel. Uh, catch his stuff here. If you subscribe and turn on notifications each time JD goes live or puts out his stuff, you will get it. So, uh, a great show that talks a lot of college football stuff as well. All the main topics, a real cool setup over there. So, make sure to check out jd's stuff but now let's get to our underdogs of week one and we'll just for time purposes here we're going to kind of roll through these but you got maryland plus three and a half at west virginia mm. man in year two in year two up there i think what is it what is this year two year three josh for uh for maryland. loxley yeah for loxley let's say this is three don't fact check me but i want to say this is year three yeah, um, you know, baby tag of Iloa action. I love it. I dig it. The state right above me, obviously, being a Washington fan, all of my friends are Maryland Terps. Um, I like that a lot. Like you said, you know, baby tag of Iloa, West Virginia, they're one of those schools you just never really know what you're going to get. Like, obviously, a good defensive group, but three and a half, I feel like that's really good. Maryland, yeah. they, they usually start strong and they usually fall off second half part of the season. They were a good defensive group. They lost their best defender, mm. Tyke Smith, to Georgia. Uh, in the transfer portal. Um, but, yeah, I like that one a lot. Kent, so, Donovan, you go Kent State plus 30 at Texas A&M. So, you're saying the Aggies may be overhyped early on, no? Huh? I'm I'm buying in right now under the fact that Texas a and a little overrated. Right now, those words may come back to haunt me later in the season, but Kent State's got a legit NFL talent at quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. They return their entire offensive line. 
They are loaded with different various power five recruits on the back end of defense and in running backs, but they return all three running backs. Kent State is a team that from firsthand knowledge, that offense, it's not all about the talent. It's that system is a nightmare. It is a nightmare to try yeah. and prep and defend against. That's a and lot of points, too. Yeah. yeah, a lot of points. 30, 30 is, uh, you know, even even the most heartless coaches call off the dogs at some point. And that's some action right there that Donovan's bringing. Also, uh, with his next one, Ohio University plus two at Syracuse. It may just be the fact that you put this on here because Syracuse has been the sad sack of the ACC for the last, like, couple of seasons, it seems like. Just not really they, – they look like they were – kind of rounded into form a couple years ago and then it's kind of fell off the rails here so you're thinking Ohio U has has a chance to stay keep close in that one yeah Syracuse was just awful I mean uh, there's no there's no better way to put it they're they're not very good and OU tends to they have a common theme of week one week two playing some lower tier power five opponents and whether or not they win consistently they don't you know it's about even split sometimes when they win but they always compete and make it a close game with those teams Whoever this dude Chris Woods is saying roll tide, Josh. Let's go. We, we don't need that. We don't need that that mess in here. So now let's go to the the, the top three overs. We're just gonna hit these real quick, guys, because because we we do like to keep this thing to around around forty five minutes or so. Respect you guys' uh, time out there. Penn State at Wisconsin fifty three and a half. I so what are, what are we thinking? Uh, that that's gonna blow past it right there. I think it's a low line. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see this being a you know high scoring fireworks game, but I don't see it being a you know a twenty seven twenty seven game. You know, just a few points higher is what I see it as. Josh, I think uh, you got Donovan there with Ohio State and Minnesota putting it uh, sixty five and a half on the over. If he's saying you're going to take the take the over on sixty five and a half, I think he's betting on the Ohio State blowing the doors off of rowing mm-hmm. the boat up there. <sighs> I mean, the, the boat's going to be sinking when you got Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson on the other side, and they just just run. Just run and catch. That's all you have to do, and you're scoring pretty much every single drive with those two guys. Uh, C.J. Stroud, interested to see how he comes out, you know, quick. Or Quinn but, Ewers, whoever, you know, we'll see. Eh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hey, that would be something. <laughs> that would be, that'd be unbelievable. But the, the, dude the, already has, the dude already has, like, some – a drink drink out of Texas. He's 17. He's already, yeah, so it's crazy that what he's got going on. And then the last one on our over over unders, Auburn versus Akron. 54 and a half. The only way I'm gonna say I may disagree with this one, Donovan, is Auburn is going to an under center pro style offense. Mm-hmm. Bo Nix has never taken an under center snap in his life that I know of. I mean, they they're having to teach the guy how to hold his hands and camp. What are they doing? I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know. I don't love know. it. I love I, it. I don't know if how many points Auburn's going to score in that game. Honestly, fair point. And I don't think Auburn's the cream of the crop of the SEC. But I'll just leave it at this. Akron is the worst team in college football. We know what happens <laughs> when an average SEC team plays an FCS team, and unfortunately, that's what Akron is. They just got to score once in the fourth quarter. It Akron would be shocking. If, seven. It would be shocking if Auburn doesn't score at least fifty-five on their own. I'll just put it at that. Shout out to my man Brian Cagle, whose son Avery played it at Akron. <laughs> Not too long ago. No offense from Donovan. No there. offense. <laughs> <laughs> then the, the last thing of the night, guys. The top three players. And another more Alabama stuff for the week. Mm. I think John Mechie's going to just tear up Miami. Hard to hard to say that he won't. Um, but you know, Mechie really proved himself uh, when you know Alabama had some injuries. I'll I'll do one even better. Alabama's defense versus Derek King. That poor guy coming back from injury. The probably first off, the best linebacker core out there. But then you've got guys like Jordan Battle, Malachi Moore, who's the next coming of Mika Fitzpatrick. If he does run, he's got guys like Will Anderson in his face, Chris Allen, Shane Lee, uh, Henry Toto from uh, Tennessee. It's not going to be pretty for him. He's going to just come out of the gates from this injury and just be running with the Wolves. I feel bad for the guy. And like I said, if he even gets the ball off, you just got to pray that George Battle, Josh Job, or uh, Malachi Moore is not taking it to the house. No doubt. Then then next, uh, Josh's defensive favorite to be in the Heisman running because of that weak schedule out there. Because he's 6'5", 250. <laughs> and that he's an absolute physical freak. Kayvon Thibodeau going to start off hot against uh, Fresno State. He's thinking 
And then Josh, this last, I mean, uh, Donovan, this last one is right up your wheelhouse as a, as a former O lineman here, the Iowa OL versus Indiana. Tell us what you're thinking there. Yeah. I mean, we know what Iowa is in terms of their, you know, their powerhouse kind of uh, vision of what they are as a O line school, right? Similar to Wisconsin and, and the Iowa, you know, kind of backstory is personally, my, my offensive line coach left Miami and is at uh, Iowa now. And I know that more biased, uh, he's going to have those boys ready to play. He he really is, and I'm telling you, I'm I'm high on Iowa's offensive line, regardless if, there, if he was there or not. Um, I I trust in Iowa, and I don't so much trust in Indiana. Absolutely, well, guys. I mean, we made it. We got through first episode here of CFB Unfiltered. So excited that college football is here. Our motto mm -hmm. here is it's always football season, and that's a testament to right now, but we're going to try to keep this thing rolling all throughout the calendar year. Uh, I had, had a good time this first one, guys. Absolutely. Cool. Excited Absolutely. to get this thing kicked off. Got yeah. another great episode. Blaine, tell them who the next guest is on the next episode. Yeah, Brett, uh, Brett Sianca, and I, I may have butchered the guy's last name. I'm so sorry. He is the author of Pick Six previews which is the most mm. accurate publication out there even more so than the phil still uh magazine over the last 10 years or so so uh he's a heisman voter he's going to be with us next week make sure to hit that subscribe button on 365 sports youtube channel turn on notifications make sure to check out all their content over there and then on the believe podcast network uh josh you see josh's handle on twitter donnie max mine also scrolling at the bottom you see cfb unfiltered check it follow all of those and we are going to put all the links for the shows where you can catch the audio version of this each week as well and just proud to be here on the believe podcast network and guys that is that is it for cfb unfiltered this week and we will catch you next time Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.